Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Everything is awesome. Can we get that in the bumper rotation? Everything, Everything is, is awesome from the Lego movie. Remember a few years ago? Okay. The wonderful sounds of Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Everything is awesome. Because that's all I heard in my head yesterday during Governor Pritzker's uh, budget address. Everything is awesome. Here you in asked the for it. You're going to get it. You land of Lincoln. Oh, I'd be happy to. Uh, Adam Schuster from uh, Illinois Policy Institute. He's going to be joining us on the back half of the show, and I hope to intro that segment with everything is awesome. <laughs> okay. I know the General Assembly is well lit, but I mean, where where was everybody that brightly colored? Well, uh, I just I want to make sure that that Governor Pritzker knows because he said, "Look, people, being a cynic is easy," and that's kind of how he kicked off his budget address. Look, being a cynic is easy, people. Uh, he says, cynicism, after all, demands only that you believe in the worst and do nothing to stop it from happening. He said, it's optimism that's hard. Now, he did go on later to make what I believe to be a very cynical take about uh, the finances of the state of Illinois. Um, hang on, I've got stacks and stacks. By the way, uh, Adam Schuster's Illinois Forward Plan is actually longer than the governor's budget address from yesterday, which I thought was kind of inspiring. I like that. Here was the cynical take. Uh, governor Pritzker uh, mentioning, because in his budget address, uh, it comes down to uh, the extra money that uh, we could possibly have if we, Illinois taxpaying voters, vote for the graduated progressive fair tax this fall. Uh, Governor says, uh, as important as these investments are, and he listed off a bunch of things that could be funded uh, uh, with that extra money, but won't be if we don't vote for that. Is as important as these investments are, we cannot responsibly spend for these priorities until we know uh, with certainty what the state's revenue picture will be. I thought everything was awesome. Isn't that a half cynical take at the very least? I mean, why not? Why not approach it from uh, with a view of the the greener side? Uh, we have this. We can spend on this and these things. However, if you vote for my graduated progressive fair tax, we could do even more. How much more awesome would that be? As opposed to, well, this is what we have, and if you guys don't do this, we're going to take away spending on this because we plan for this, but we'll take it away. Why not flip that around and roll with the, everything is awesome, right? Right? <laughs> Adam Schuster actually breaks it down into three areas where we could move forward on solid financial footing as a state. But uh, like Governor Pritzker said, that's hard. Doing that type of stuff is hard. So we'll do the hard. While everything is awesome on the back half of today's show, 
uh, with Adam Schuster from uh, Illinois Policy Institute. Steve Bull uh, threatening to play that song, and I'm hoping that he does. Uh, and joining us from the WTAD newsroom uh, with all the latest from around the tri-states, we say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. As expected, local representatives in both the Illinois House and Senate are critical of Governor Pritzker's proposed budget. Both state, state Senator Jill Tracy of Quincy and State Representative Randy Fries of Paloma commented about Pritzker's proposal after the speech Wednesday. Tracy described her thoughts about the governor's proposal for a graduated income tax. An outlaying of such expansion of spending in Illinois that it's hard for me to fathom why he would, would do that. We've just had, two years ago, the largest Illinois income tax increase in Illinois' history, and today he's predicated a budget on another new tax increase when he really doesn't have to do that at all. In a statement, Free said, quote, the governor's budget addresses a blueprint for state revenue and spending goals, and this blueprint needs a lot of work, end quote, saying also that Pritzker mentioned nothing about, quote, growing our economy, creating jobs, or tackling our skyrocketing pension debt. Free cited Vermont, which passed a similar proposal for a graduated income tax, and he made a prediction about what would happen in Illinois if it passes. Two or three years into it, they're going to decide they don't have enough revenue, and everybody's taxes are going to go up across the board. Uh, I don't like that uh, kind of government. I don't like that kind of. I don't want to see that kind of legislation come through this house. State Representative Noreen Hammond of Macomb said in the statement, "Quote: Simply put, the governor's budget is just a wish list that doesn't address the fiscal realities our state faces." End quote. Governor Pritzker's proposed $42 billion budget would provide over a billion dollars in additional funding for schools and public safety if voters pass the graduated income tax in November. Quincy firefighters say a faulty electrical outlet is to blame for a fire Wednesday morning on the city's northwest side. QFD says they were called just before 9 to the home in the 1100 block of North 3rd Street. Several people passing by called that in, saying they saw heavy smoke coming from the house. Crews on scene told our news gathering partners at KHQA the homeowner told them smoke had been coming out of the outlet since Tuesday night. Crews were able to remove the outside of a wall in the home and put out the fire. No one was reported hurt. Boil order is in effect for some Quincy residents. The city engineering department said that boil order is in effect for those on Klondike Road from South 12th to Klondike Road South. Statement says water service had to be shut off Wednesday morning to repair a fire hydrant. Boil order has been in effect since 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. As of 8 a.m. this morning, 12th Street between Chestnut and Cherry Streets is closed. Should be open by 3 o'clock today. The road's closed so that uh, crews can install two water services in the area. You need to drive carefully near the work zone, and you're going to need to use an alternate travel route as well. Western Illinois University says it's planning to offer a second cannabis-related minor this fall. WIU announced Wednesday that the minor, Cannabis and Culture, will debut this fall through the colleges uh, through the university's College of Arts and Sciences. The faculty senate at Western approved the latest minor at its meeting Tuesday. The 18 to 19 credit uh, hour interdisciplinary minor is comprised of courses from anthropology, botany, history, liberal arts and sciences, philosophy, religious studies and political science. Online version of the minor is also under review. Western recently announced the School of Agriculture's new cannabis production minor that will also begin in the fall. And a, an accident involving a tractor-trailer forced Missouri 19 in Rawls County to close for several hours Wednesday morning, knocked out power to nearby residents. MoDOT said the accident happened around 5.40 a.m. on 19 at Olivet Road between Center and Rawls County Route F. No one was hurt, but the tractor-trailer downed some power lines that led to outages for about 1,000 people in Saverton, New London, and Perry. 
Power was back on by 7 a.m. The highway reopened by 8. And the former city clerk of Center, Missouri, accused in a July shooting involving Rawls County's sheriff and chief deputy, is now going to have her case heard in mid-Missouri. Court records show that on Tuesday, a motion for a change of venue in the case of Tracy Ray was granted in Rawls County Circuit Court. It will now be heard in Boone County. Ray's due to be arraigned on two counts of first-degree assault, two counts of armed criminal action stemming from a July 2nd incident near Spencer Creek where Ray allegedly injured Rawls County Sheriff Gary Dinwiddie and Chief Deputy Ronald Haught. Ray is free on $2,500 cash bond. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. All right. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. sir. It's 1015. We'll take a time out. And when we come back, the plan is to have Adam Schuster on joining us from Illinois Policy Institute to talk about uh, Governor Pritzker's budget address from yesterday. We'll talk with Adam next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Awesome. That was the theme for Governor Pritzker's budget address yesterday at noon in Springfield. Everything is awesome, Adam Schuster from Illinois Policy Institute. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, hi. There you go. All right. Uh, so I, I, I've taken the, the governor's budget address and weighed it against your Illinois forward plan Literally, your plan is heavier than the governor's budget address, uh, and that's because you've got more information and details as to how to get us forward than the governor does, and essentially holding a lot of stuff for ransom. I haven't seen that word used by anybody, but isn't that essentially the message he was passing along to people? Uh, vote for this tax increase, or I'm going to have to cut A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. You know, it's, it's hilarious that uh, you use the word ransom because that's exactly the word that I used uh, after hearing the governor's budget address live yesterday. Uh, I got to be there in person, and all I could think is, you know, this is nothing but a campaign tactic. This budget, which is supposed to be, you know, the most critical document that the governor produces for the year, uh, showing, you know, his, his vision for our state, and he's really using it to send a, a ransom letter to taxpayers, to local governments, that if you don't pass his tax increase, uh, he's going to slash all these services and you're not going to get all these, uh, these increased spending that he wants. And a lot of the, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, savings or cuts that he's proposed if his progressive income tax doesn't pass don't even seem realistic or, you know, legally permissible in a lot of cases. Yeah, I, I said what if it, and, and as he started the address yesterday, look, being cynical is easy, but then his position was from a side of if you don't vote for this, I'm going to cut a bit. Why not say we can do these things and if you vote for it, we can do this many things more? That would be the more positive approach to take. Is he caught being a little bit cynical about the taxpaying voters themselves? Uh, yes, I think so. And, you know, when I when I heard that part of the speech, um, I thought uh, I'm also a, a relentless optimist. And, and so I appreciate the message uh, of relentless optimism. Illinois uh, has a lot of natural advantages. We're centrally located. We've got large bodies of natural water. We have a, a wonderful, educated population. Um, we should have a strong economy. We should have uh, balanced budgets. Um, so I'm also optimistic about the future. I just don't think that the governor is laying out a vision that can realistically get us there. The progressive income tax 
uh, is not going to uh, help balance the budget in the long term because it ignores the, the root cause of our financial crisis, which is the pension system. And so when the governor yesterday said, uh, you know, pass my progressive income tax or else, also, I'm not even going to look at pension reform. He's taking off the table the one thing we could do to really structurally reform our finances and turn our state around. Yeah, you, you, you break down Illinois forward with uh, three separate areas. And the very first one is the silver bullet that Governor Pritzker says essentially can't exist, and that's amending the state constitution uh, on pensions moving forward. I would think, if it, and I haven't seen the polling, but I would think, at least based on listeners that I talk to around here, that there might be more momentum to address the pensions in if, as a uh, 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 addressing the uh, the constitution, amending the constitution for state pensions, more than amending the constitution for income taxes. I, I think that's right, and you know to understand why I think people feel that way, we should look back at the history because uh, you know there, there was also an element of deja vu in listening to the governor give his address. Uh, yesterday, it felt like listening to Pat Quinn give his budget speech in 2010 and then again in 2014 when he wanted to hike income taxes and then keep income tax high, income taxes high. He did this same sort of two-budget gimmick where he said, if you don't give me higher taxes, uh, I'm going to splash uh, core government services. But at least Pat Quinn uh, was t- pitching a shared sacrifice model. He said, okay, we're going to raise income taxes. Uh, but we're also going to give uh, a haircut to the future growth rate of pensions. And it wouldn't have taken away anybody's already earned benefits, nor would our plan. Um, and he, he offered that. Well, unfortunately, the income tax hikes happened, as have various other tax increases, property tax increases, you know, 20 new or higher taxes and fees that Governor Pritzker uh, proposed last year. But the other side of that shared sacrifice, the pension reform, hasn't happened because the court blocked it. And the only way for us to you know, finish that bargain that was started you know, uh, nearly a decade ago now is to amend our Constitution so we can tackle the largest debt crisis in U.S. in U.S. history. Yeah, and the the angle that he approached with that was it's a non-starter because it would end up in the the courts. So even if we did, I'm taking extra steps here. Even if we did get a proposal that we could vote as taxpaying uh, Illinoisans on a constitutional amendment for pensions, even if we did get that and then vote for it. Where Governor Prince is coming from is it would end up in court and it wouldn't be implementable anyway. Yeah, and that's simply not right. I mean, it, it may very well end up in court. Um, I, I should point out Arizona did this exact same thing. Uh, they they had to amend their pen, or they had to reform their pensions after the Great Recession, expose the weakness of their system. Same thing happened in Illinois. In Arizona, they tried to do it by statute. Their Supreme Court said no. So they actually built union support. Uh, the, the police and firefighters union in that state were part of the driving force behind their constitutional amendment. And they amended their constitution to allow, you know, balanced, reasonable reforms, the types of thing that everybody already knew had to happen. Um, so this has happened in, in other states. And, you know, we've been uh, receiving advice from, from constitutional lawyers who've been looking at this. And they say, no, of course, uh, you know, federal courts aren't going to you know, uh, uh, treat the, the U.S. contracts clause as an absolute prohibition on amending pensions in your state, because what that would mean is that, you know, you're essentially prioritizing pensions over everything else forever and giving the state of Illinois no real option uh, to, to dig its way out of this hole. Our guest this morning, Adam Schuster from Illinois Policy Institute, the author of Illinois Forward, a five-year plan for balanced budgets, declining debt, and tax relief, essentially uh, an opposite approach to what Governor Pritzker introduced in his budget address yesterday. Uh, You break it down into three areas, uh, amending the state constitution, 
uh, aligning responsibility for paying new pension benefits uh, with accountability for negotiating compensation for school and university employees. Uh, tell us more about uh, that, uh, the accountability and negotiating compensation moving forward for those school and university employees, since that's the big area that's sucking a lot of money out of the economy. Yeah, so uh, when we're talking about uh, aligning responsibility and accountability, we're trying to remedy the problem with the way we currently fund pensions at, at schools and universities. And that is that uh, schools and universities negotiate with their unions and negotiate with their workforces on pay and uh, other benefits that basically form, uh, you know, the, the floor or, or, you know, the inputs for, for pension benefits. Uh, so they, they negotiate the cost, but then the state pays the bill. Um, so this is, you know, like uh, if, if you went out to dinner with a bunch of friends and everybody's paying for themselves, you might, you know, keep it w- within your budget. But if it's going to be split equally, you know, you don't want to be the person with the, uh, the the garden salad and everybody else got a steak dinner. Uh, it's, it's a misalignment in incentives. Right now, there's no incentive for universities and schools to keep their costs low. And so what we've proposed is gradually phasing in a transition of new pension costs so that the person who pays the bill is also the person who negotiates it. And we would do that uh, by 25% over the course of four years. So it's a gradual phase and gives them time to accommodate it in their own budgets. And we would do some other things to cut administrative costs so that they could accommodate this in their budget. Um, but it's really just a common sense thing. It's something that Republicans and Democrats have uh, supported over the years, uh, you know, within the last seven years. Uh, Speaker Madigan recently said that it was basically inevitable that it had to happen. So, you know, here, here we are. The Illinois Policy Institute is pushing a plan that Speaker Madigan once supported. And so there's really no reason uh, to defend the status quo and to, to keep this, uh, you know, uh, this misalignment in place. Uh, the third part uh, I, I find interesting, and I'm going to uh, ask a, a lot of whole, a whole lot of questions in this one. Uh, you've got investing sure. K-12 education by reducing administrative bloat in districts, rather than pouring 350 million more annually into an inefficient system. Um, it, a lot of cities and communities are going to have to uh, put uh, put together a vote on whether they're going to pay. Well, obviously, the, you have the increase in minimum wage and also the teachers minimum wage that's going to have to be paid for. So you have, like, here in Quincy, we have a referendum coming up where the taxpayers are going to vote on that. And obviously, the teachers are going to get paid, but they're going to have to decide where that money comes from if we vote it down. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that your plan of uh, uh, addressing the administrative bloat could be built in to these referendums that uh, cities and communities across the state are going to be voting on in the coming months? because of these already passed rules in Springfield of pay increases. Could, could we somehow tie those together so that it could be managed instead of just in, ever increasing? Yeah, in fact, I think they should be. So we're, we've been pushing uh, school district efficiency. Um, the idea is that you consolidate uh, the management layer uh, over the top of schools so no schools themselves would close, uh, no parents or teachers would, would have uh, longer transportation times, no students would have longer bus routes. Um, all we're talking about doing is consolidating districts um, so that we're spending less money on the administrators um, and more of the money can make it to the school itself, to classrooms and to teachers. And uh, the reason we're trying to do this is because Illinois already spends the most in the nation on general administrative costs uh, per student, which means uh, of, our total sh- uh, of our total education spending, uh, too much of it is being siphoned off at the district level, and that's why we're the only state in the nation that spent more than a billion dollars 
on district administration last year. California, which has three times as many students, spent about 33% less on their administration. And if we were able to bring our uh, administrative costs down just to the national average, you know, not even trying to be in the bottom half of states or anything like that, just the national average, we would save $708 million a year. And that's money that could be used to pay for uh, higher teacher minimum wages and, uh, you know, better classroom supplies without tax increases. Our guest this morning on the News Roundtable, Adam Schuster from Illinois Policy Institute. Uh, we will put a link up for uh, Illinois Forward, the five-year plan for balanced budgets, declining debt, and tax relief at the News Roundtable Facebook page and at my Twitter page, and we encourage you to check it out in its entirety at IllinoisPolicy.org. Adam Schuster, thank you for joining us this morning on the News Roundtable. Thanks for having me on. That is the Thursday edition of the show. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.